Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Greetings, 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 everyone. Of course, you know I'm Henneka Wakis-Porter, and I am the host of the Entrepreneur New Podcast, as you may already know, right? So I trust that you have been enjoying the replay of the TV edition of this show, right? We've been having some really inspiring Jamaican business owners share their story on the TV edition. Now, a very special welcome to our first-time listeners and a shout out to you, our dedicated followers. You guys, you know that you're fantastic. And this week, I am speaking with the co-founder of an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. But first, I really want to express my gratitude to our incredible sponsor, the Jamaica Stock Exchange, for their unwavering, unwavering support. And with that said, we're going to be diving right in after we hear from our sponsors. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. Welcome back. In this episode, my guest is Brian Clayton, and he is CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. Now, GreenPal has been called the Uber for lawn care by Entrepreneur Magazine and has over 200,000 active users completing thousands of daily transactions. That is mega. Welcome, Brian. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what do you know about Jamaica, if anything? Let's start there. I've never been. uh, It's one of the few uh, Caribbean islands I haven't been to yet. So I want to go. But uh, it, it seems like it's a it's a cool culture that I don't know yet. So so it's on my list. Awesome. So I want you to share with our listeners, Brian, the inspiration behind just you creating, you know, this online marketplace for connecting homeowners with local lawn care professionals. What's the inspiration behind this business? Yeah, you know, I think when you're starting a new business from scratch, that authenticity can be a competitive advantage. Uh, and for me, that was the case with starting Green Pal. My first business was actually a lawn mowing business. I started mowing grass in high school just as a way to make extra money. And I kept mowing yards through high school and through college. And uh, after I graduated college, I, I made a little business plan and grew this little lawn mowing business I had into a, a bigger 
bigger landscaping company, uh, ultimately getting that business to around 150 employees and uh, over eight figures a year in revenue. And so then in 2013, that business was acquired by a national uh, conglomerate of landscaping uh, companies. And uh, and so I took that business from just me and a push mower to, to, to eventual exit. And uh, when I sold it, I took some time off and I thought, well, what am I going to do with my life now? And I knew the I knew the landscaping industry very well. I had I had spent most of my life in it, and so I knew the problems that needed to be solved, and I knew how technology could solve those. And so I I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna build the app that is the Uber for landscaping. And it was kind of uh, I was naive as to how hard it was going to be, uh, but that was a good thing because if I had known how challenging it was going to be, I'd never would have started it. But uh, the first few years were, were very challenging, but you know, now 10 years in, uh, GreenPal is an overnight, a 10-year overnight success. We're, we're nationwide in the United States uh, in 300-plus uh, cities, hundreds of thousands of people using the app and, and doing multiple eight figures a year in revenue. And everybody, you know, knows about um, Uber. So is there any aspect of the Uber model you had incorporated into GreenPal specifically? Yeah, so Uber um, is a little different in the sense that they uh, they'll send a different driver to you every time, right? You don't really care who takes you to the airport. You don't really care who picks you up. Well, mm-hmm. when it comes to lawn care services, you do care. You do you you do want the same service provider every time. So we're in the business of making quick introductions getting you prices very quickly and then making it really easy to order a lawn mowing service and then use that same service every week uh, for the rest of the season. So we dif- we differ from Uber uh, as far as that goes. Where we're similar to Uber is you, you push a button on your mobile app and something happens in the real world. And when we were first getting started, that was a new thing. That was a new concept. Uh, Mobile apps were just getting going. Websites kind of only did things online. And this idea that you can you can interact with a screen and something happens in the real world was a, was a relatively new innovation. And so we're similar to Uber in that sense that, that now you can just order a lawn mowing service as easy as ordering an Uber, ordering a book on Amazon, or ordering something from Instacart. Um, that we deliver that kind of magical experience for for a simple thing like lawn mowing. How did you get from zero to hero? <laughs> yeah, so so uh, it's 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 very much uh, a process of little things compounding. And so for us, it was it was a lot of little things that we did, especially in the early days, that that compounded over time. And we set very very small goals, uh, and we wanted to to. Uh, achieve those small goals and then move on to the next thing. So it's almost like a, like a video game. It's almost like uh, you just work one level at a time and you don't worry about anything else other than the level you're on. So our first year, our goal was how do I get a hundred customers? I, I don't care about anything else, but just getting a hundred customers. And so we would, we would pass out flyers all over the neighborhoods that were nearby our office 
and and uh, that's how we got our first hundred customers. And then and then and then after that, we thought, okay, now we need to get to a thousand customers. How do we do that? And we we figured out, okay, well now we need to get good at online marketing. We need to get good at digital marketing. So we studied that and we made a a little strategy for our business and and got to a thousand customers. That took about two or three years. Then after a thousand, we said, how do we get to ten thousand? So we had to think a little bigger and 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 develop better strategies. And so little by little, uh, making small goals that you can achieve and just not worrying about anything else is how we did it. Uh, and it was a lot of little things that, that compounded. It very much in the early days was kind of a leap of faith, but but uh, we kind of got to where we are 10 years in by not giving up. And so it was the incremental um, success that, that keeps compounding to, to where you are. That's right. Yeah, these you know, little things don't add up; they compound, mm-hmm. and uh, and that and that's how we that's how we experienced it. But the you know the the, the first six months, a year, two or three years of starting any business from scratch are the, always the hardest. And and if you can get through that and make goals and achieve them, then you can get to the next level. Mm-hmm. So obviously, the, the lawn care industry is you know it's seen as traditional and it's basically offline right so how did you really navigate the transition to an online platform and and to to convince homeowners and professionals to embrace this digital solution yeah that's a very good question it's it's actually challenging to get one of these products going because they don't exist and, and nobody knows to use them. And it's really hard to invent something new from scratch that does not yet exist. There is no roadmap there. Nobody else has done it in the space that you're doing it. And, and so we just had to just do trial and error, uh, had to figure out how do we, how do we educate people that this is the, this is a better way of doing it. Uh, how do we get service providers to try it and use it and keep using it? And it was uh, in the early days, just very, very small. So the first, uh, 50 service providers I knew personally, and I would, uh, I would, I would tell them, okay, I just sold a landscaping business. I'm building this new app. If you'll use it, uh, I will give you free coaching on how to build a lawn care business. And so that's how we got the first 10, 20, 30 service providers to use the app uh, in the early days when it really wasn't that good. And then we focused on, on consumers and, and we figured out, okay, what makes them uh, hire a lawn mowing service? How do they decide what lawn mowing service they want to work with? And we, we started to really tune our messaging around, okay, how do, uh, what, are they, what is the value proposition to them? And what we began, uh, began to understand was they really didn't want the cheapest lawn mowing service. We thought that's what they wanted. We thought we would deliver a cheaper option. They really just want a, rely, a, a reliable lawn mowing service. Because there's this weird thing that happens with this with this industry that you hire a lawn care uh, service to come cut your grass and they don't show up, or they show up late, or they they uh, they they ghost you, and so that was uh, that was really the problem that we were solving. And so uh, once we figured out how to get reli- uh, reliable lawn care services onto the platform, get them incentivized to show up on time and do a good job, well then we had a product that that created market pull for 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 consumers to use it kind of like you know you, you just order an uber you don't really want to call into the taxi cab 
uh, phone number and, and get put on hold and, and, and have to do all of that. You'll, once you've ordered an Uber, you'll never do that again. That's kind of how we are for landscaping uh, business services. Once you've just pushed a button and it happens, you don't ever want to go back to doing it the old way. The only constant right. is change. And if ever that is true of any industry, it is certainly true of the technologic, um, technological industry. Um, expectations change over time. You know, how do you manage to stay, Brian, ahead of the curve and then ensure that GreenPal remains a leading platform in this ever-evolving lawn care business that you have? It's a really good point. One of my favorite quotes uh, is, is by Jeff Bezos, and he says, my favorite thing about the customer is that they are always discontent and that yesterday's innovation is today's old news. And, and it's true. It's, it's uh, no matter how good the innovation and the product is, you always got to be making it better and better and better. And that's a good thing because that's, that's how you grow as a founder. That's how you get better. That's how, that was just, that's what makes life really enjoyable is, is getting, getting smarter, getting faster, getting better at something. The day that your business quits growing is kind of the day it starts dying. And, and I think that's, that's also the same to get the, the same could be said for uh, your personal life and your business life. So, I think the way to, 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 to deal with it is to embrace it and, and say, okay, we have to figure out ways. First off, what do we do better than anybody else? Uh, and then figure out ways to, to make it better and better. And here we are 10, 11 years in, and we're still to this day trying to figure out how do we make it faster, more reliable, cheaper, smoother, uh, more delightful to get this chore done on our platform. And we don't worry about anything else other than improving those things and, and looking for uh, inefficiencies and looking for ways that we're upsetting customers and, and fixing those things and never, never like letting your, you know, keeping your eye off the ball and, or your foot off the gas, always, always pushing it forward. Yeah. Always put it, pushing it forward and that forward pushing has indeed given GreenPal impressive growth. Now, I mean, you can grow so much and no more, right? Um, and, and but I know you're not there yet. That's still day one. <laughs> That's your, right. Still day right. One. So what? Still day one. What are your plans for the business? You know, are there any new features or expansions on the horizon that you'd like to share with us? Well, we have two things going for us. One, we're in a in a industry that is is very simple in a way the grass is not going to stop growing uh and ai is not going to uh get rid of it uh, you know until we get uh rosie from the jetsons you know, cleaning your house we're not going to have any robots uh mowing yards yeah there are some weird little hobby robot mowers but they don't really do the edging and the blowing and the and the weed pulling and the things like that so and so we have we have the wind at our back as far as that goes. And so, and then the other thing is it's a really big industry in the United States. It's $99 billion. And, and you know, we're doing like uh, around $30 million a year in revenue. So we're just scratching the surface of what's possible in this industry. So even though we're 10 years in and doing well, it still is day one. We, we want to get to uh, a million users using it every day. And right now we're around 300,000. So that's our next goal. Right now, it's, 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 it's a million users, 300,000. You know, 10 years ago, the goal was how do I get from 100 users to 500 or 1,000? So the goals, 
like like a video game. Every level has its own final boss, and uh, and this is no different. And the goals get bigger and bigger and harder, but that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun indeed. And you have proven your business has you know proven that you can take um, a a, a, trad- a new innovation and you know revolutionize a traditional space. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs who would like to do the same? You know, they would like to have, you know, create a thriving online marketplace in a traditional industry. What advice can you give and what's, what are really some of the key lessons that you've learned along the way with GreenPal? Yeah, there might be three things. Uh, one is, is start, start small. Uh, I think the first 10, 20, 100 customers should be hand-to-hand combat, should be you selling them the product personally, you kind of over the shoulder looking at how they solve the problem and how your product solves the problem, and just hand-cranking that. It's not really scalable, uh, but it's a good way for you to, to, to observe uh, the, the pain points and, and, and fix things about your product and, 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 and come up with ideas about how you're going to you know, improve their life and, and make it to where they want to use your product. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, is uh, authenticity can be a uh, competitive advantage. What is an industry that you know about that you can bring solutions uh, with technology to the table and not uh, and not have to guess because that because that a lot of times you know it's hard enough if you know the industry very well but if you don't there's going to be a learning curve there. Um, Naval Ramikot calls it specific knowledge. What is something that you know that very few other people know? What is uh, what is a combination of your background and experiences that you can bring into a, a business that that gives you a competitive advantage? And then uh, the third thing is 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 to to not give up. You know, the a lot, I think a lot of people don't succeed in starting new businesses is because they have bright shiny object syndrome and and they want to go from this this trend to the next and they, and they move around from one thing to the next every six months or a year and they don't get any traction in any one given thing really set small goals and lean in and just, and just, and just talk to your customers and, and figure out how can I make their life easier and better with my product and, and knock those goals down. Um, the least kind of glamorous your business I think the gr- the greater your chances of success. So the fact that it feels like a slog is a good thing. The fact that it's hard is a good thing. And and uh, if you can embrace that and not give up, that's what makes it valuable. You know, we've been talking, and it, it we we make it appear almost like it's it's a linear thing. You know, um, your ten as you say, your overnight your ten year overnight success. But along that journey, clearly there were some hardships. Clearly there, you know, there has got to be some struggles. What has been your biggest struggle um, along this journey? And how, you may have answered the question already, but just to be specific about it, how did you overcome that challenge, that struggle? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. The the struggles that you face as, a, as an entrepreneur, um, as after two or three years goes by, you're always glad they happened because those are the things that cause you to get better, cause you to seek out the knowledge and seek out the solutions and seek out the ways for you to level up. I think every business kind of reaches the, uh, the the bottleneck of the capabilities of the founder. And so the business is causing you to grow 
and causing you to kind of conquer these things. So, so it is a good thing that there's challenges. Um, for us, you know, there's a, every, you know, every level of this game, and maybe if the last 10 years each of them was a level, there was always a series of challenges. So in the early days was how do we get anybody to care? How do we get anybody to want to use our thing? And then we had to, like, confront the reality, we've got to be better. We've got to build, deliver a better experience. So that was a challenge. And then maybe fast forward five years, maybe we had, you know, 10,000 customers, but we wanted to get to 100 you know, how do we how do we get more uh, 10 times more customers? Well, then we got to be in more cities. Well, I don't know how to how to go to more cities. Well, we got to develop a plan and a, and, a, and a step by step market by market expansion plan down to the detail. And that took a long time. That was a challenge. And and then other things, you know, around, uh, you know, we get a lot of our traffic from Google. And Google is always changing, you know, how they how they rank pages and how they rank uh, websites. And so that's been a challenge staying out in front of that. The good thing is, is that there's, there's always a challenge. That's what makes it interesting. Every level of the game has its own challenges. And if you don't want to deal with the challenges, you know, entrepreneurship may not be for you. You know, it might be better to go work a job somewhere. I want to hear what's your team like, Brian. So, and, and how is it different compared to when you just started? Yeah. in you know, in the early days, it was just me and two friends of mine. You know, it was it was three of us, and we we uh, we all shared some some commonalities. We we wanted to achieve a, a level of success in life, and we all had a chip on our shoulder. And none of us knew how to code. None of us knew how to build software. Uh, but we all I, I could see that we all had the ambition enough to learn how to do those things. And and that's all we had. And but now our team is uh, around fifty people. And and I. Uh, I kind of look for those same qualities. I look for people that that uh, that have a chip on their shoulder, that that uh, that 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 have something to prove in life, that that want to be better in life, and that the business is is kind of the way they're going to get there. And and uh, so that's what our team, you know, has in common. All of us have those qualities in common. And as time goes on, you know, one of the first things I did when I built GreenPal, even though there was just me and two co-founders, is I built an org chart, like my dream org chart. And and uh, it was, you know, uh, CEO, CFO, uh, CTO, and then chief of marketing. And then, and then you keep going down the list. What are all the, you know, uh, SEO lead, uh, content creator, content writer, content designer, like all of these different things and people that I, that I had in my dream organization. And as time goes on, I had, we have built that out. We have, we have taken like my name off a lot of those things and, and put a specialist in those roles and, and uh, the type of person that is a good cultural fit. It's taken a long time. It's taken 10 years and, and we've made a lot of mistakes along the way. I think you should hire fast and fire faster. Uh, and, uh, and and when somebody's not a good fit, uh, it's time to, to put somebody else in there. But that's one of the hardest things about building a team. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you, you've definitely put a spin on the traditional hire slow, fire fast. You know, hire fast, you say, but fire uh, faster. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, leave us your contact information, you know, uh, for the business one, but Maybe somebody, you know, a fellow entrepreneur or, you know, an, an aspiring entrepreneur rather would like to, I don't know, pick your brain. If you have time for mentorship or anything, you can, you know, leave your information with us. Yeah, 
So the, the website is greenpout.com or uh, it's in the App Store or Play Store. And anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, the, the best place to find me is Instagram. Just go to Brian M. Clayton. All right. Thank you, Brian, for joining me today and sharing your insights into the remarkable success story of Green Pile. Of course, it is clear that your entrepreneurial journey and your impact on the lawn care industry are genuinely inspiring. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much for having me on. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And to our amazing listeners, I, I trust that you enjoy this episode as much as we did enjoy bringing it to you. We really love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and any questions that you may have. So definitely go ahead and share your feedback with us via email at hennikawattisquarter at gmail.com or connect with me on social media at hennikawattisquarter. Definitely to stay up to date on other episodes and not miss out on valuable insights from our guests, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast on your preferred app, whether it's Stitcher, Google, Apple, whatever, it doesn't matter. And if you are interested in exploring more about podcasting or looking for additional resources, then I invite you to visit hennikawatkissporter.com where you can find a wealth of information to help you on your journey. There is a blog, there is a podcast, there are my courses, books, and so much more. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and catch you next time with more captivating success stories, conversations, right? To cause you to level up. Stay inspired. And I end with according to the scriptures, whatever you do, work artily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Well, good.